This is Agents Influence Podcast. Technology is rapidly advancing, right? We're, we're trying to handle this as quickly as we can. Just take the time to understand the technology that you're looking at, right? A vendor comes to you and starts talking about implementing this technology. Understand what it does from A to Z. I'm not going to give you away proprietary information and tell you how the recipe actually works, but you can ask questions. So just be cautious. It's just going to be so rapid in its advancement. We've got to take our time to look at it. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, loyal listeners. Welcome to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast Conversations with who? Me, Jason Cass. And today I have Mr. Joe Stevenson on here. And he we are going to have a nice discussion about fraud. That's right. We're going to tell a little crime stories. Hopefully, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put the pressure on Joe. I'm just saying, you know, we, he's probably got a couple of good fraud stories for us loyal listeners out there. Before we do get on to Joe, remember, I want you to go to AIIndyTech.com, AIIndyTech.com on September 24th and through the 26th. We are having IndyTech in beautiful uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, right in America's heartland, also known as AKA America's Kitchen. So I want you to come on out and I want you to join us. Last year was unbelievable. I think you've probably heard about it. We've already got people who are asking when it's going to go on sale. I think sometimes after the first of the year. But go go to AIIndyTech.com, be able to find out more about it. Look forward to seeing you there. Keep in mind, it's the only tech show in the independent insurance industry where you can go and just talk about tech and learn just about tech. There's no place else in the insurance industry you can do it. That's why Cass is bringing it to you. And I'm also bringing you real life stories. Joe, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. Joe, tell me about you in about 30 minutes, or 30 minutes, hell, we're not, we're, we're not even going to go that long on the podcast. In 30 seconds, give me a, tell, tell the listeners who you are. So, sure. So, uh, years ago, I started off uh, as a career in law enforcement, uh, was pretty eclectic, did a lot of things there. Uh, that led me into eventually doing accident reconstruction work, which I started my own firm. And then that introduced me to the world of insurance. And from there... Went into insurance SIU work, fraud, specifically handling pretty much every line of business nationally. And f- during that time frame, you gotta, I, I obviously look a little bit older. Um, the internet was really just starting to explode. So, you know, Facebook was starting to come in. MySpace was present. And it was really that time in the world where we were starting to handle more and more things nationally, globally. And you really had to start learning how you were going to tap into all that data and information that was available online. So mm-hmm. that's really where, you know, law enforcement and then insurance fraud really pushed me to start honing skills with how do you look at social media? Where do you find government records? How can I do all this remotely from a small corner of the world, but handle claims that are 3,000, 4,000, 8,000 miles away? All right. So tell and me that's, about that's tell pretty me, much my show. What does that what does that mean? Like when we say fraud, there's so much different types of fraud. Was there a certain area for you? 
So uh, a lot of the stuff that I started initially dealing with was uh, motor vehicle fraud. So you were talking about stage accidents, right? People who mm-hmm. were, you know, setting up, buying salvaged vehicles, throwing them in an intersection and then pretending to get hurt or, you know, faking their auto theft. But that developed into, you know, you start to realize how much organized crime is involved in insurance fraud. Uh, I started doing cell phone store wow. fraud and thefts in Houston, Texas, which, inadvertently led me to certain groups who are actually stealing cars and sending them over to Iraq to be roadside bombs. Um, it is wow. interesting to see where these pieces of fraud start and where they ultimately end up. And you never know. It's always a different path sometimes. So, um, you know, whether it's workers' comp, whether now we've got the issue of synthetic IDs being really big, um, we've got AI coming into the mix that's really helping fraudsters kind of up their game. Um, all these things are just, you know, it's massive. And now I think the Coalition on Insurance Fraud just did a, a summary earlier this year. It's $306 billion annually in insurance fraud. Wow. Uh, so it's a huge moneymaker for criminal organizations. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's amazing, dude. That's amazing when I think about that. So is there, what's this synthetic ID you're talking about? You mentioned. You mentioned. Sure. So synthetic IDs are, you know... Years ago, you'd hear stories about somebody going to a cemetery finding, you know, a child that died early on, roughly yeah. the same age, and then they would go and get like a birth certificate or something else at and assume that oh, identity. Yeah. It's along those same lines, but what they're doing now is with the help of AI, I can literally create somebody fictitiously. I can generate images of them that don't exist anywhere. I can create a date of birth. I can create a social insurance number if you're in Canada, a social security number if you're U.S. or another identity, pretend that I'm an immigrant that doesn't have any paperwork, and really just start exploiting this. And what we're seeing is that we're getting a lot of fake policyholders. So with our push to do things online, to have less touch points, to make the process faster, what we've ended up doing is introducing the ability for people to literally just make people up, get policies, file claims, and do it all online. So you're seeing this explosive growth with that. I mean, you just gave a great progression of the thing that I heard about when I was a kid in the 90s, that, oh, someone will pull out in front of you on purpose and they'll slam on the brakes so you hit them and you got to watch this and stuff, to now... It's so much easier. Like you just said, the person could just recreate it. They could go get a fake policy. I mean, it, there's there's more than just a fake stage accident here. There is a whole plethora that makes it actually easier for them to do that. This is funny because us insurance agents or most people who don't sit on that side of the desk, Joe, we don't think of that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah. And, wow. And, you know, the problem is, is that there's... Obviously, we're all in it to, you know, generate revenue, right? And we're Mm -hmm. looking for easy ways, you know, to make those less touch points, right? We want to keep somebody engaged in this process. So we're going to make it so that when you're filling out the policy app, it pre-populates your address. So you start typing your address and we start suggesting vehicles that you might have registered to that address or people who might live with you. So you can just click and move on. But what you're actually doing is you're opening up data leakage. And a criminal will eventually realize that I go to this form for a big insurance company, start typing in an address. They're going to tell me vehicles and people that live there. And now I can use that to leverage that information. And of course, this rolls into social media with our desire to be connected and share so much information that we're just giving criminals data that they can then use and either enhance an ID, create a fake ID, or assume your own ID. 
and then start running. Um, yeah, which is why we've seen such a impact with, sorry, why we've seen such an impact with like IRS returns, fake returns, people stealing your tax returns, because they can get that data so easily online without, you know, going to a credit, you know, company or some other data provider, they can just go to Facebook. You called that data leakage. And I like that because I had never thought about that. If I go to, let's just, somebody online, not picking on any company, and I put in my information, and majority of the time today, the insurance companies don't even require the social security number. They can pull it off your date of birth and everything. I could literally just go type in my neighbor's stuff, and I would be able to find out what type of car they have. I mean, obviously, they're my neighbor. I know. But if I could just pull up somebody, I could pull up somebody on Zillow down to live in Miami and just put in their information and be able to almost pull up a lot of their their cars and other things like that just by knowing their date of birth and maybe their address and phone number, which is easy to get. Wow. Never thought about how easy we're making this shit. Wow. Well, and you know, the funny part is like I was on LinkedIn the other day marketers, I follow a lot of marketers because I find that their usage of how to acquire information, you know, is amazing to me and we can leverage that for investigations. But I'm on LinkedIn the other day looking at an attorney's profile and along with his whole school and work history and everything else, when you hit the contact information, his phone number is there, his cell phone number, his date of birth is in there, some additional information. How long did it take me to Google his name, get his wife's name, his wife's maiden name, his mom's maiden name. And I have everything I need to start creating visa cards in his name. And I could run that for probably three or four months before he ever is aware that that's going on. It's, it, we've made it very easy with technology. And of course, AI is bringing that to a new level. Wow. Holy cow. Joe, I had never really thought about this. So how are we combating this? I mean, this, I could see that we're talking about how easy it is I can imagine this is happening a lot because there's a bunch of worthless some bitches out there that don't want to actually work and they just want to steal. How in the world are you guys finding out if this person really is has this synthetic ID or not? How are you tracing that? So it's it's pattern development. Um, you know, when we start looking at characteristics, this is unfortunately why you've started to see like claims take longer and longer to process, right? That's not beneficial to anybody. That makes the insured upset, the third party claimant upset. We have to hold on to our reserves longer, right? That's not good for anybody. Um, but there's so many red flags coming up sometimes that you have to slow the whole process down. You have to start saying, well, we're going to need some bank records or we're going to need some cell phone records or we're going to need to meet with you in person because those are really the only ways that we can start ruling in whether somebody's real or ruling them out as being fictitious or maybe involved in some organized crime. So gotcha. it's, you know, it's, it's all about the patterns. Um, so, you know, as we see more frauds develop, we can look at those patterns that, you know, okay, we've seen this in three or five or 600 different claims. That's what we're going to look for immediately. Fast track the fast track the solid ones, get those paid, get those moving, but slow these other ones down. Wow. Uh, and it just takes time. It's a killer. It's a time suck. Is there anything agents can do to to try to help this process or be more aware Yeah, I think because typically agents, you know, and I think about the relationship I have with my own agent, I've emailed them multiple times, right? So they have my email on file. They've talked to me. They kind of understand how I ask for things, Mm -hmm. right? When you start to see things that are uncharacteristic of that, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the one thing with like organized crime, when they're doing massive synthetic ID fraud or fake policyholder fraud, it's not always the same person that, that is handling that ID, right? There's too many of them. So you might get an email that seems uncharacteristic, right? It's not the same verb, it's not mm-hmm. set up the same way. Mm-hmm. You're asking for additional information and they pause and it takes days for them to get back to you. Look for those things that just kind of raise the hair on the back of your neck and go, oh, something's not right here. Because mm-hmm. I definitely the agents are you know, at the forefront of identifying things. They know their clients better than anyone else. So it's very easy for them to pick up and say, ah, this doesn't make sense. Why is suddenly this person adding, you know, somebody to their policy that, you know, has never been mentioned before? It doesn't even have the same name, right? It just right. It seems out of, out of character. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Joe, Joe, no joke. Um, I've never, we sell cyber insurance. So we have customers who have sent checks to the wrong, you know, they told, Hey, send all new checks, send them to this address and stuff like that. And, and a lot of that now that awareness is getting out to the owner, they're starting to kind of pick that up, but I got hit literally three weeks ago. Um, and and what happened was, is, is very interesting. I got to tell you, I think they're very sophisticated. I really think that they're on their shit. Because whenever it started, got whenever we busted it out, my my accountant, we had just moved accountants, and I think that they knew that because the reason is is they were able because I had this new lady that was dealing with my accounts, and so we were trying to get to know each other. She doesn't know how my verbiage, as you're talking about, and I had sent her these emails and said, "Hey, um, I just checked, and the, there's enough money in the bank. Let's go ahead and get these out ASAP." Um, I don't have invoices for them, but blah, blah, blah. So we didn't know anything about this till I just happened to be on and just looking at my phone and I noticed that there was an $8,800 charge and I thought to myself, what did I spend $8,800 on? And then I, and I'm thinking to myself like, wow, did I really spend that money? And I just don't remember. And then I remembered I have a rule in our agency as partners. I can't spend more than $5,000 without at least clearing it with my business partner. Right? So I thought, there's no way I spent $8,800. So I called and my, my, um, my CPA, she's literally telling me, she's like, Jason, I have all the emails. And I said, well, I'm telling you right now, Lisa, you may have emails, but I didn't send them. The point of the story is when the, she sent the emails over to us, I showed them to my staff and my staff was like, we would have known immediately that this was not you. The way that the verbiage was, everything was spelled correctly. You know, I mean, we, we, had, <laughs> we, we, we had a laugh over it, but it was true, right? And it made right. me realize it was like, wow, I have never changed CPAs. And they just happened to get me right at that time. Because if it would have been the prior CPA, they'd have been like, whoa, this isn't Jason, right? And it was really weird. To add to that, Joe... Three weeks before this had happened, we received a phone call in our agency. And loyal listeners, please listen to this. This happens. 
We received a phone call and they said that a check was trying to clear for $4,400, okay? And we thought to ourselves, they said, put Jason on the phone. So I got on the phone and I started, I went and looked at the bank account and the lady says, she says, I'm from the bank and we have an insured here, Mr. Thomas Waddle or whatever his name was. And he wants to know if this check for $4,400 will clear. And we just wanted to confirm it with you first. And so I thought it was weird. Those hairs stand up on the back. You start thinking like something's right. going on here. And this is where my dumbass messed up, Joe, is I said I could have I, I could have got him right here. But I said to him, I said, hey, but before I OK this, what's the last four digits on the check account number? And she sat there and she sat there and my dumbass, not knowing it said, is it beep, 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 beep? And she said, yep, that's it. And I said, oh, and then I said, you know what? Don't cash the check. If that person wants something, he can call me, right? Immediately when I hung up the phone, they sent an email to my CPA and said, hey, I just got off the phone. This check is cleared. Let's go ahead and, and send this out. They sent out the 4,400. We didn't catch that one. Then they came back three weeks later and tried to go to 8,800. I guess they just doubled it, right? I don't know if that's right. what they do. They just double it until they see how long they can get away with this shit. But we caught it at the 8,800. And uh, the bank still won't give us our money back. We had to file all these paperwork and documents, and we had to send all this verification and send it and over. And it becomes an absolute nightmare for you to yes. try to get that money back. Uh, and what you just described is is a telltale, like just classic fraud setup from organized crime. So we see it on the auto side. They start with something small, maybe a vandalism claim or a glass claim, and they test the waters. How easy was it for us to get through the process? How many questions did they ask? You know, do we get our check pretty quickly? Okay, great. We're going to give it some cool down time and then we're going to come in and we're going to file a new claim. Maybe an accident with another car with a bunch of injuries. Let's see how long this one takes. And then they just keep upping and upping and yep. upping. And then while this was really easy, let's create four or five policies and they'll all have accidents. And now we've got, you know, 20 people involved and maybe some bad medical providers in there that are, you know, you know, unbundling or upcharging codes for treatment that was never rendered, right? And they just build off of this stuff. But it's, yeah, unfortunately, I thought where you were going with this is when you said you got on the phone that they then, you know, used your voice, used some AI tools to, you know, render that out and then call your, you know, one the, of your assistants. That's next. Right? Just say, go ahead and clear it. And it is next, unfortunately. It really is. And, you know, the thing that was just kind of eerie about the whole thing, Joe, is she was on the phone. The, 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 the person, the bad person was on the phone talking to me. You know what I mean? This cyber and this, this fraud, a lot of times it's faceless. You know what I mean? You don't really know. And, and it was just eerie to realize that, oh my God, that was her on the phone. And I would have stopped this thing if I wouldn't have confirmed. Well, it, it, the, the last four wouldn't have mattered because they hit the email over to her. Um, but one of the things I want to bring into the loyal listeners is, is be careful when you're making those changes of professionals because if something's sitting in your computer or they're monitoring you, they're waiting for that because, as I said, if we wouldn't have changed CPAs, these emails were too perfectly written. They would have never been as me. But because that one thing, they either were smart, Joe, and knew that I had changed or they just got freaking lucky and happened to be right at that time. But, you know. Or, know. and I'll throw this out to you too. This is one of the big things that I advocate for. Don't short yourself on software protection, right? All too often we look at something and we go, oh my God, that's just that's just out of the budget. Like I can't imagine spending $10,000 for security software for my email. But 
that one errant email that comes in, one employee clicks on a link and nothing happens. You don't see it. It's not highlighting anywhere, but is essentially watching and mimicking and then copying everything that happens in the agency. It's going to them and then they're using that to commit these frauds against you, right? And that $10,000 piece of software would have caught, halted everything. Like we really have to start investing in our budgets into, you know, technology and people who understand the technology, because this is the only way we're going to protect ourselves against it. So Joe, you bring in a good point, and I'm glad you bring that up because I didn't bring it up. You did. That's something we need to look at in agents. I mean, for too long, for many years, I had asked agents, I would say, how much do you spend on the security and the maintenance, um, uh, you know, and the uh, technical upkeep of your stuff? And they, they spend anywhere between 80 to $200 a month per desk to do this. And I used to think to myself, that is ridiculous. Who would spend that kind of money? <laughs> And then around 2019, I started getting smart. We had a business, actually, an insured of ours that was hit very hard. We thought, let's get serious about this. Now we have virtual intelligence and we have virtual employees that are working over in the Philippines. So we've really tightened it down. And for loyal listeners, if you're out there, there's my archway, but um, that's where we're at right now. They only do this type of security as he's talking about to prevent this stuff for insurance agency owners. I am actually leaving them and going to Lightspeed Solutions. So there's Lightspeed Voice, which you guys know is a partner of ours, and they have the phone system. They also have another side to their business called Lightspeed Solutions. And this is what they do is taking care of uh, trying to prevent these type of uh, leakage and uh, um, what were we going to say, fraud and cyber thefts and everything that's going out there. So be sure to check out Lightspeed Solutions uh, for that. But yes, and you know what, Joe? I love what you said. Loyal listeners, listen to him. He's the expert. This isn't Lightspeed Solutions or Jason telling you it's going to cost you money. This is an expert who's saying it's going to cost you money and it will be worth it. Um, maybe it would have stopped mine, maybe not, but that cost me fourteen grand, Joe, up to now until I get right. the money back. You know what I mean? So it's well, well, grand, and, yeah. and and probably triple that when you think taking your time that you've spent, your employees' times that you've spent trying mm -hmm. to do this bank bank people time. You know, all these things add up and they are a cost to you. You know, a bad breach for a small business dooms that business. They'll never recover. If they don't have the right insurance, right, the right coverage, or they don't have enough coverage, mm -hmm. that's it. They're over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. one of these is just, it's devastating right now to a lot of people. It is. It is. It is. And, and to our insureds, that's something we should always be talking about. I mean, we should be leading with cyber. You know what I mean, agents? Like literally, like they know they need auto insurance. They know they need home insurance because the government makes them get them or the bank does. But like when you start talking to somebody and you say, hey, how about life insurance? Even though they for sure know they're going to die, they still don't want to talk about it, right? Because it's, it's down the road. If you sit here and say, hey, here's cyber and here's two or three of the things that happened to our clients recently – like we're selling a lot of cyber in the last two to three years just by asking that question. And, and, and one last thing out there, loyal listeners, if you're an agent and you're out there and let's say you're at a chamber event or you're at some community event and like you don't want to be sleazy or whatever, right? You don't want to talk about insurance. You shouldn't. One thing you can talk about is, hey, I had a business owner who had this cyber issue, and you can talk to it. Those usually make pretty damn interesting stories. And usually almost every time when we tell one of those stories about how someone was told to send the, all the new um, invoices to this email so that they could cash the checks and it was really the checking account of the cyber criminal, you tell those stories, they become real. And that's how you can actually earn clients by actually not even like to, like right now, 
I'm going to I'm going to get off this. But most of you are not are not going to tell your family that you listen to a podcast today about fraud with Jason Cass and Joe, okay? Cuz that shit sounds boring as hell. But <laughs> it's actually pretty good, isn't it? So this is what I'm talking about whenever you're at these little events. These are way that you can start educating the community and probably earn business by giving them value when they're not even your customer. So think about those things. Joe, wrapping up here, buddy, I try to keep in between 20 and 30 minutes. Was there anything you wanted to get out there, anything you wanted to say before we wrap up? You know, the only thing that I would say is that technology is rapidly advancing, right? We're, we're trying to handle this as quickly as we can. Um, just take the time to understand the technology that you're looking at, right? A vendor comes to you and starts talking about implementing this technology understand what it does from A to Z. Um, you know, I'm not going to give you away proprietary information and tell you how, you know, the recipe actually works. But you can ask questions like, do you use cloud services? What security do you have in place? If I feed you data, where does that go? Do you resell it? You know, what's the protection for my clients against you having a breach? Understand that process so that you can make the right decision in what you're using for technology. Um, all too often, we're just... I like that. Uh, how, how's the cost? What's the ROI? This is the next shiny thing I can put in place. I'm, you know, Clients are going to love this. And then a year down the line, you realize, oh, this was not a good choice. Everything I thought I made in revenue is now out the door plus 20%. So just be cautious. It's just going to be so rapid in its advancement. We've got to take our time to look at it. Mm. We know the rapid advancement AI is making in the medical field, the insurance field, everywhere. We can't, these are the people who are going to probably exploit it more than someone like me as a business owner. I mean, I'm trying to use AI, but I got to think of like actual legal new things that I can do with it, right? To help my customers, to help service them, to help communicate with them, to help provide them value. And these, these people can just use it really quickly to do the wrong thing, you know? I was just going to say like ChatGPT is a perfect example we all saw it, loved it. I pay for the version, the paid version every month. I use it all the time. It's great. But it wasn't until there was a major issue that people realized, oh, everything I upload to ChatGPT is saved and they reuse it and it goes to somebody else, right? So if you're throwing out proprietary information in this, right. you know, your competitors are potentially going to have that. And that's the kind of things that I want people to think about is before you jump on board, just understand what the potential data leakage is on that. Very good. Very well. Good way to close it up. Know the potential data leakage on the software and the devices that you are using. I love that shit. Data leakage. Data leakage. <laughs> so it's good stuff. I like terms like that. But hey, loyal listeners, you know what I do and I do what I do. That was terrible. I don't even, I, I say that every time. I've said it over 800 times and I mess it up right there, Joe. Uh, for all you loyal listeners, just so you know, I give me give me a little bit of break here. I'm in this new environment down in Florida in my, in my new house and this is my new thing. Joe and I have reset this damn meeting three times because my speaker's not working. I left my microphone in Illinois. So just bear with me here because loyal listeners, you know why I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. He's Joe. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. 
really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.